I'm Arthur Perlstein, and I welcome you to the True Suspense Files. This inaugural podcast from True Suspense is entitled Blink and He's Gone. It's the story of a little boy who suddenly disappears without a trace. Here is Episode 1, A Birthday Party. In October of 2019, the Wall Street Journal ran a human interest article with a headline that read, A $49.5 million neoclassical home gets decked out in neon. The palatial estate referred to in the headline, just a few doors down from the Playboy Mansion near Beverly Hills, was now on the market to attract attention. The realtor handling the sale was throwing a huge bash, and the neon in the headline referred to 17 massive installations of crystals lit in electrified glass tubes and spread across the one-and-a-half-acre property, including an over-16-foot-long fire art installation hovering over a pond and spelling out the phrase, I wish you were here. Wealthy real estate investor, Mr. Saeed Farkandapur, told the journal that the property had been his for over two decades, but the eight-bedroom mansion originally on the property had been torn down five years ago to make way for the neoclassical Colossus, now decked out in neon, for the party. His five children had moved out before construction had been completed, and Mr. Farkandapur joked that now it was way too big for him without adding elevators or stairlifts. Missing from the journal article, however, was any mention of a darker chapter in the property's history. A different kind of party at the Farkandapur's posh estate back in 2002 was where a child had mysteriously disappeared. Indeed, there has been little mention in the media of that strange and disturbing occurrence after it briefly grabbed national attention at the time. This is the story of a young boy named Paolo Ayala, who vanished in plain sight over 18 years ago. Franklin and Edwina Ayala were a humble immigrant couple who lived in a small apartment, at once not far, but a world away from the glamorous mansions of Holmby Hills, which, along with Bel Air and Beverly Hills, form the so-called Platinum Triangle of Los Angeles. Franklin worked as a maintenance man, and Edwina did house-sitting and child care. In 2002, the Ayalas were living from paycheck to paycheck, supporting two sons aged 12 and 7, as well as a new baby girl. Despite their low income, It was very important to them that they live in a place where their kids could go to better quality, safer schools. Mm -hmm. The Ayalas had actually managed to find a low-income apartment at the edge of Beverly Hills, and that is where they were living in 2002. Seven-year-old Paolo Ayala went to El Rodeo Elementary School in Beverly Hills. And there, one of his classmates was young Alex Farkandapur. They quickly became good friends. As summer grew close that year, 2002, 
A birthday party was planned for Alex, and Paolo Ayala was invited. Friendly and outgoing, Paolo had never been to a mansion before and was very excited. He looked forward to playing with his friends and splashing in the swimming pool that Alex had told him about. The day is Sunday, June 2nd, 2002. In the early afternoon, Franklin and Edwina dropped their son off at the Holmby Hills mansion for the party. Paolo was thrilled to be there, and his parents were delighted that he was having this opportunity for fun and frolic. They told Paolo they would pick him up at 5 p.m. unless they heard otherwise. The party was held near the poolside, and about 30 people were there. Most of them were friends and classmates of Alex and Paolo, but there were 10 adults in attendance to supervise the kids. By all accounts, the party was loads of fun. The children played games and were in and out of the pool. They tussled and ran around on the grass. Franklin and Edwina uh, arrived to fetch their son right around 5 p.m., as planned. They were greeted warmly and called out for Paolo. Uh, there was just one problem. No answer. Paolo was not to be seen. At first, nobody was alarmed. Several kids reported having just seen him a short while before, and some of the adults confirmed this. They checked the pool, but Paolo was not in it. The Ayalas and several of the other adults walked the property. The Farcondapurs checked inside the mansion. No sign of Paolo. Somehow, it seemed, Paolo had wandered off without anyone noticing. The adults all reported there had been nothing suspicious, no uninvited guests, no sign of trouble. The only screams that had been heard at the party were the joyful shouts of children having a great time. One thing did give people some pause. Uh, landscape renovations were underway at the estate, and part of the backyard fence had been removed. No replacement had yet been installed. So Paolo could easily have walked out of the yard. Indeed, his dad, Franklin, figured that Paolo may have very well walked straight out to the little park right near the property. Being so friendly, Paolo might have struck up a conversation. But when they rushed to check the park, known as Homey Park, there was no sign of the boy. Unease gave way to serious concern, which, before too long, gave way to alarm. One of the adults called 911, and the Los Angeles police quickly were on the scene. As officers and detectives continued to arrive, everyone was questioned. The house, the pool, and the grounds were painstakingly searched. A description of the boy was repeated over police radios. Four foot six and weighing 50 pounds, with brown eyes, black curly hair, and olive complexion. Last seen wearing blue and white swim trunks, barefoot and shirtless. Some of the effort soon turned to the possibility that the boy had been abducted after wandering off to the nearby Holmby Park. A small shoe was found there, but Franklin looked at it and said it didn't belong to his son. Within a short time, dozens of police units were combing the area. Word had spread throughout the neighborhood, 
and volunteers soon joined in search efforts. The biggest focus remained on making sure no stone was left unturned indoors or outdoors at the property. As dusk approached, police helicopters began to circle the area. The news media caught wind of events, and it was not long before nearly everyone in Los Angeles knew the name Paolo Ayala. Police set up a command post at the Farcondapur's estate. Overnight, canine units were brought in to join the search. They followed Paolo's scent for about a half mile, but the trail ran cold at a major thoroughfare. Monday, June 3rd. 8 a.m. The search for little Paolo intensified on Monday morning. Police appealed to the public for leads and set up a tip line. A $25,000 award was offered. About 50 to 100 officers from LAPD continued the search with help from firefighters and paramedics as well as the Beverly Hills Police. Neighbors and parent volunteers from El Rodeo Elementary School also searched the area. The PTA took an active role. One of their volunteers explained that this is any parent's worst nightmare as she passed out flyers created by people around the neighborhood seeking information. We are a family, and when one of your family is in trouble, you band together. People around the Los Angeles area and even across the nation, were gripped by the story. The internet lit up with sympathy for the Ayalas, and given the sense that Paolo had been abducted or harmed, outrage and anger at whoever might have been responsible. In words that reflected much of the sentiment, one blogger wrote that, I hope they find the bastard who took him if he was abducted and rain down the most painful punishment possible. Those following the news were especially moved by pictures of this beautiful, wide-eyed child with the infectious smile. There was one photo snapped at the party showing Paolo playing pinball. At the Farcondapur estate, as deflated birthday balloons were still tied outside the home, the police command post was a hive of activity. Police were poring over maps, communicating with searchers, and examining the grounds and the house all over again. Franklin Ayala sat in the blue tent with officers and detectives, assisting in any way he could. He tightly clutched his cell phone, hoping for a call with good news. In the midst of it all that morning, a man walked onto the grounds, wheeling what appeared to be containers of chemicals. Police stopped and questioned him. He identified himself as the pool maintenance man on a routine visit. Detectives conferred, looked around the pool area yet another time, and determined no potential evidence would be disturbed, so they allowed the man to quickly pour his chemicals into the pool and leave. Meanwhile, two of Hugh Hefner's employees stopped by the command post with homemade cookies and bottles of water for police and Mr. Ayala. Mickey Pearson, a butler at Hefner's Playboy Mansion, said, All of us at the mansion are so very concerned. Though Franklin did his best to concentrate on how he could be helpful, 
He tearfully reflected on what had happened and felt anguish about his son. It's hard for me to believe this happened, he said. I feel guilty because I should have stayed with him. He and Edwina had been invited to stay when they dropped Paolo off on Sunday. Some parents did stay for the party, but like most of the others, the Ayalas declined. They were impressed with the host's politeness, but felt that the invitation to Paolo was already enough of an honor. An additional police command post was set up at a nearby country club. Detectives brainstormed possible scenarios. By all accounts, it would have been unlike Paolo to have gone off on his own, so most of the focus was on the odds he was the victim of foul play. Still, who could possibly have wanted to abduct the boy? The idea of kidnapping for ransom seemed rather unlikely. No ransom demand had been received, and in any case, why kidnap the one child at the party from a family with no assets to speak of? All the adults at the party had been questioned, and not the slightest suspicion was raised about any of them. The strongest speculation turned to the most unspeakable possibilities. Many investigators got busy identifying registered sex offenders in the area and following up on even the slimmest of leads. At El Rodeo Elementary School, all the children who had been at the party were gently questioned by police. No one could remember Paolo wandering off or anything else amiss. Police continued to carefully comb Homeby Park, and they seemed very interested also in a nearby golf course. Around midday, LAPD Captain Rich Wemmer said police were baffled by the child's disappearance. We're going to use every resource we have to find this boy, he said. Right now, we just don't have any answers as to why he's missing. Later in the day on Monday, police flew in one of the state's most experienced and accomplished bloodhounds from Riverside to give the area another going over after multiple teams of dogs had already been tracking. Police sent Franklin Ayala home to retrieve more of Paolo's clothes for a better reference scent. The boy's scent was tracked to Holmby Park, the very location that had already been of some interest. As more searchers and detectives were dispatched to the park, an investigator asked questions of Franklin. Among them, had Paolo ever been to this park before, and if so, when? It turned out Franklin had not previously thought to mention that, indeed, they had visited the park just before the party on Sunday. The potential lead instantly vaporized because this meant that the bloodhound had correctly identified the scent, but nothing could be learned from the fact that it led to Homeby Park. By 10 p.m. on Sunday, police shut down the command post at the Farcondapurs and consolidated the investigation out of the country club location. As police left the grounds of the estate, they were frustrated, disappointed, and perplexed. Not a single good lead. Not a clue of what had happened. Thank you for listening to Blink and He's Gone. Stay tuned for Episode 2, 
a discovery. Blink and He's Gone is a production of True Suspense Podcasts. Written and narrated by me, Arthur Perlstein. Music, sound engineering, and post-production by Guy Bainbridge and Walls End Studios. Be sure to visit truesuspense.com for more information about this podcast and other True Suspense productions. <laughs>